Dave Delsing spent 25 years on the PGA Tour and is a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Now he provides his unique perspective as a golfer and network broadcaster. It's time to go On the Range with Jay Delsing. On the Range is brought to you by Pro-Am Golf. Good morning, St. Louis. This is golfer Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay Perley. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm ready for today's show. I'm kind of interested in today's show. Yeah, so, you know, we, what we try to, well, we format the show like around the golf, so we're going to keep the format the same. We, uh, the, the first um, segment is called the on-range segment, brought to you by Pro-Am Golf. Those guys are great at Pro-Am Golf. They do a phenomenal job. Anything you need golf-wise, they have it. Lessons, fittings, gear. They've got the best selection of gear. Um, go check them out um, on our social medias, Twitter at Jay Delsing, Facebook, Golf with Jay Delsing, Jay Delsing Golf, LinkedIn is Jay Delsing, and we don't tell you what our Instagram account is because we don't know it. And, um, folks, if you need anything done on the exterior or the interior of your home, you got to call Bob and Kathy Donahue at Donahue Painting and Refinishing. Their number is 314-805-2132. They do great work. They have trained professionals that are safe, and they will make your home gorgeous. We have nothing formatted for this show. Oh, we kind of do. We got this is going to be like uh, well, we kind of like all the other shows. I was going to say this is going to be like everything else we do. So we are just going to we've got a a couple of topics, and we're just going to start spinning and. um, Folks, anytime you want to reach out to us, Jay at jdelsinggolf.com, J-A-Y at J-A-Y-D-E-L-S-I-N-G-G-O-L-F, golf.com. Okay, so you got this segment. This you're, gonna, you're gonna say it in, in a minute what this what this segment is. Yeah. But it's kind of appropriate that it's the uh, the practice range. Yeah. So because these are the things we talk about in the practice range that okay. can really turn us upside down before we get to the golf course. Right. So you and I, I'll say me especially, I have a I try to take a completely different take at golf. For the most part in my life, you know that I have. Oh, yeah. You yeah. take a little bit different take on most things. Thank you. Is that a compliment? <laughs> yes. Okay. Be- it's also kind of getting hit in the head with a two-by-four, it feels like, a little bit. It's, a, so- it's a soft compliment. Soft, yeah. A two-by-four with, like, a, a padded side. Yes. Yeah. So it's just a small dent. Okay. Where in the hell has all of this weird golf terminology come from? Somebody has got... To help us, yeah. Well, somebody's probably marketing it. Somebody's trying to point something out, but it gets so confusing, and it's it's and it's classic. I mean, when I think of the times, and you see it right now, they were they were talking about this. What the heck was the what the event? It may have even been a ladies' event talking about on the practice tee, practice uh, range before a tournament. How the different players, some are being videoed. They're actually they're going to tee off in twenty minutes, and they're being videoed. Others Can you are, imagine? <laughs> no. 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 Others are just trying to loosen up. So there's all kinds of ways to go about this. So what have you got with some of this terminology that can turn us upside down? Okay, so so I started thinking about this and then did a little research. And it's like we have terminology like chicken winging. We have uh, bailing out. We've got coming over the top, covering the ball, getting laid off. Job situation. Getting ahead of it. Relationship forward situation. <laughs> forward pressing. I Another mean, relationship it's situation. It's like swinging across the line, reverse pivoting. I mean, like, no wonder this game is, first of all, the rules of golf are completely, 
without uh, reproach when it comes to trying to understand what the hell they're talking no, what about. What do you mean rules of golf? What are we, what, where did that just come from? Well, I'm just saying this game oh. leads itself to so many squirrely yes, things. It's yes. like, first of all, the addictive quality is, you know, crack and heroin put together, I'm assuming, because I've never done those, two, those other before, but I am completely addicted to this thing. And you start talking about this, the terminology that's been created, you know, releasing the club. Losing your posture. Can I mean, talk about releasing club for a yeah, second? Do you yeah. remember where were we? And one of the Rinker guys was it Larry? Larry Rinker. We're up in our hotel room looking out the window. I said, Jay, come look at this. So there's a tour pro in a field behind us, and he's going to play in like a couple hours. And he's swinging full blast, literally letting go of his club, and it's just going end over end out into a field. Yeah. I'm thinking, right. is he throwing his clubs away? And you start telling me, no, he's working on his release. He's, so, well, he's releasing the it. club. This is when, meet. we were first playing on tour, and I thought that I didn't know much Spanish, and I thought La Quinta meant right behind Denny's. <laughs> and, and so Berkeley and I are staying in La Quinta, and we look out, and Larry Rinker, a couple hours before his tea time, is literally got a golf club in his hand, making a backswing and throwing it on his <laughs> through swing through a field, 40 yards at a time, right, bro? Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so then you've got uh, oh, heck, who's the who's who's the mechanic? I'm losing... Tr- oh, uh, Jimenez? Jimenez. Then you got Jimenez workout routine on... on oh my the, gosh. And, and he's got a, a cigar in his mouth and he's doing the little... And he puts a club out in front of him and he, he like swivels his hips. That's that's how he's warming up to the thing. By the way, back, back to Rinker, back to Passion. He's still got a radio show right now and he talks about teaching and he's an avid teacher. So he's had that passion for that part of the game for forever. Yeah. I, I said to him, I, I, I used to call him Sinker. And I'd say, for a lot of different reasons, we won't go into those. But I'm like, um, throwing your club? And he's like, yeah, I'm trying to get, you know, I've been holding on to the club and I just want to, you know, and he had a different take on everything. Everything, everything. Yeah, it was, so it was, what else, what are some of the other strangers? How about Steve First of all, I thought releasing a club was when he would throw his wedge down and try to kill the ducks at all the coots, the coots out in uh, on the California courses we grew up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was one form. Well, of the best release ever that I've heard for, from Steve Pate is you guys are playing down in Memphis, and he willy whacks uh, a, a, a shot sideways, gets mad, throws his club, lands in somebody's backyard, and one of his playing partners says, "Steve, excuse me, but you're gonna have to throw another one. That one's out." Oh yeah, that, the, 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 this is the 18th hole in Memphis before the Southwind course got totally developed, and the the he he needs to make par to make the cut, and he duck hooks it into the water over there. We've all visited that pond before, and he takes his driver and just chucks it into the vacant lot right next to the tee. And Robert Wren says to him, uh, "Peter, you better throw a provisional. I think that one's out." <laughs> That's all time. Oh, no, if you know Pater, because oh, there's absolutely. a lot of throwing and hothead and volcano oh, and that yeah. kind of stuff. Super nice guy. Yep. But on the golf course, he could he could lose himself. Yeah, yeah. We should. Uh, I need to get him on the show for sure. For but, sure. Uh, this guy also gadgets up, gets all sorts of funky gadgets Who on does? him. Steve Pate. Does he? I oh, didn't know that. Oh my gosh! I've got a picture. Obviously, it's not going to do us much good on radio, but, but you a can picture put it on your uh, uh, on social media, social media. And, and 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 you won't believe it. It looks like he's in some sort of form of some sort of S&M bondage. It looks like he's been shackled. He's got some sort of That's rubber funny. bands coming, you know, and, and uh, um, but so getting back to some of this terminology, how does this stuff get created? You know, they're lay. how about laying the club off? 
you know, on your backswing, so that's this terminology where if the club kind of gets in this funky position, you're calling it laying it off. And the funny thing is, I, I'll walk up and down the range, John, and I'll listen to the players, and they're, they're using it, and I know they have no idea what it means. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, because now you see some of the better golfers, and we had Daly on here, and obviously he's past his regular prime and that kind of stuff, and you had Bubba Watson, but even uh, Dustin Johnson, who's hotter than heck, and there's Kepka on his face rotation or lack of face rotation. All the things that we were taught all those years, oh, you can't do this, you better do this. I can remember when you had, what, three of the top instructors in the world telling you that your wrist was uh, too bowed, bowed, won't work at the top. Dustin Johnson's doing okay with that bowed wrist. Uh, David Duvall did okay with that bowed wrist. Every single player, I mean, I'd say eighty percent of the players. So play it's with just a interesting how then they give them fancy names and stuff. I think to further confuse people. But at the end of the day, um, and we're gonna, you know, when I when I think of those names, uh, Daly and uh, and Bubba and and Dustin, I like the guys that just go out there. And I don't think they have any of those thoughts. I don't think they don't they know any of these terms. If anybody brought any of these terms up to them, they'd probably whack him over the head with him and say, just leave me alone. I have a ball and I have a bat, if you will, here, a club, and I'm just going to make it do whatever it needs to do. Okay, one of the greatest baseball players I used to love watch was Ken Griffey Jr. They called him the kid, and they talked about hitting. And he said, I, they said, I look at the ball and I try to hit it. And they said, I know, well, what are you going, like, so tell us the difference between a fastball that's coming in at 100 and a curveball that's coming in at 82. And he goes, I wait a little more on the curveball, yeah, because it's not getting there as fast. Keep it simple, baby. Keep it simple. Man, that is. If my dad were still alive, I mean, that's what he would he would just say: bat ball, mm-hmm. hit this ball somewhere and hit it hard. Because when you're coming down the stretch, you're in the hunt, and that could be to make the cut, Jay. That could be to have your best finish. That could be to win a tournament. What What are you thinking about at that point? Oh, man, if you're thinking of exactly. anything other than exactly. where you want this thing to go in your routine. Well, as Red Teller would say, you know, if you have to, give it give it kind of a one thought. But you're, you've got something going on, and you're just trying to copy that. And, and for yeah, me, it was kind of a, a hang-on fade. And I'm like, I can keep this thing in, in play. I can get it up around the green, and I'm pretty good chipping and putting, and I can do my thing. If I'm sitting there worrying about whether I'm laid off or – my my wrist is bowed or whatever, whatever. No. You, you're sunk. You're, you never you're get, sunk. I, I well, first to, of all, yeah, you won't get to that point to begin with where it will matter. Right. And so it's, it's not going to help you. I asked Tiger, when you're at go time, what is it? What's going on inside? He goes, hit into a picture. I'm into a picture. I see the shot. I'm just hitting it to it. Yeah. I, I, I put to a picture. I, I mean, there is not no elbow thought, no knee thought. Oh, I'm going to rotate, especially strong through nothing like well, that. Well, when I had my best spurt through kind of college, early playing uh, professional, and I worked with the sports psychologist, that's all he wanted me to do. He's like, I want you to get behind the ball. I want you to visualize yourself in the flight of the ball, all of it, the, the, in you know, plug in a little bit of feel and that kind of stuff. But none of it was. It was never about mechanics. It Hold was on never to that about thought. That. We're going to talk about that on the front nine. We got to wrap up the on the range segment. Come back, uh, Jay and John. This is golf with Jay Delsing. Are your workouts more fun than this? Well, if they are, then I want to sign you to an endorsement deal with Michelob Ultra. 
I'm looking for anyone and everyone who makes working out a blast. If that's you, hit TeamUltra.com for a chance to score awesome perks like Team Ultra gear and more. That's TeamUltra.com to enter. No purchase necessary. Open U.S. residents 21 plus. See official rules at TeamUltra.com. Message to data may apply. Always wear prohibited. Enjoy responsible. with 80 million of light beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Are you tired of forking out the big money, all those dollars on golf balls? Well, we finally have an option for you. Let us introduce you to Sniper Brand Golf Balls. This brand new product is a Serlin-covered ball that is just great to play. It's long off the driver, it's accurate with the irons, and importantly, it's soft around the green. And you know what the best part is? It's just $23.99 for a dozen. That's right, $23.99, and a portion of every sale goes back to a military or law enforcement agency. Find Sniper Brand online at thesniperbrand.com. Plus, you can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and check out their entire line of golf products on their website, thesniperbrand.com. And don't forget to check out the Sniper Brand logo. You're going to love it. Have you met your local farmer's insurance agent, Ed Fogelbach? He proudly serves families and businesses in the St. Louis City, St. Louis County, and the entire metropolitan area, and is ready to review your existing policies to provide a no-obligation quote today. Call Ed Fogelbach at the Fogelbach Agency, 314-398-0101, or stop in today and get smarter about your insurance. Again, that's the Fogelbach Agency at 314-398-0101. In these extremely trying times, the management team at Marcone would like to give a shout-out to our 500-plus employees and their families. Their diligence and commitment to each other, our process, and our company are so good that we are obligated to state it publicly. We are so grateful for each and every one of you. You have all contributed to our success, and your dedication is imperative to the continued growth of our company. Thank you for your efforts. Marcone is the largest distributor of General Electric Appliance Parts in North America, based in St. Louis, Missouri. I want to thank the tremendous teamwork of Marcone Purchasing Manager Nicole Earle and GE District Manager Karen Lindquist, who ensure that Marcone Appliance Parts has your GE parts for your home. Thank you so much. You've seen it and played it in bars over the past 30 years, and now you can bring Golden Tea to your home. Complete your basement or man cave with the popular arcade game, the ultimate virtual golfing experience. Over 80 courses, unique game modes, and you can even challenge a buddy in online tournaments. However you play, you will be the talk of your neighborhood. Visit home.goldentea.com to learn more. This is a subject that most people don't want to talk about, but many find themselves facing. Their marriage is ending and they need to find a good lawyer at the most difficult time in their life. Or maybe you're like me, divorced for almost 15 years, but you're still wrestling with hassles, maintenance, and other hard-to-figure-out issues. Do yourself a favor and call 314-788-3030. That's the law office of my buddy and attorney, Henry Miller. I was living under the burden of unfair maintenance and a few other things that could only be settled in the courtroom. My only regret is that I didn't use Henry years ago. He is first and foremost smart and hardworking. But what was really important to me is that he listened. He's also fair and extremely honest. We had an odd issue arise where I had paid for something that was not allowed to be used in our case. After one call and an email, it was settled and that charge was removed. Do yourself a favor and call Henry Miller. He is the man you can trust when you need him the most. You can also reach him at GrantMillerSmith.com. Grab your clubs. We're headed to the front nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. 
The Front Nine is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Golf Classic. Welcome back. It's Golf with Jay Delson. Pearlie is with me. Brad Barnes is taking care of us here in the studio, and we are going to the Front Nine that is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. Got to give a shout-out to Whitmore, as we do. Uh, terrific sponsors and partners on the show for our second year. Folks, if you're looking for a place to join and you need to take care of all of your family members, the kids, your wife, to get your golf on, swim, whatever, call Br- Whitmore. Bring the clients out there. Absolutely. There's anything that you can you can want at Whitmore. Let me give you this number, 636-926-9622. Call Bill. He will help you out. But Whitmore has access to 90 holes of golf. Links to Dardeen, Missouri Bluffs, the Golf Club of Wentzville. There's no cart fees. The cart fees are included in the membership. There's no food or beverage minimums. They've got a 24-hour fitness complex, a super huge pool, uh, tennis courts, Oh, man, you got to go see Bummer and the boys in the golf shop. They're just terrific. Uh, they run golf league, skins games, members, tournaments, couples events all year round. Whitmore is happening. It's a great place to go. They've been a super fantastic, wonderful sponsor of our show. We just really appreciate them. 636-926-9622 is their number. Um, all right, John, so on the front nine, brought to you uh, by uh, the Ascension Charity Classic, Let's talk about the front nine. So we've got all this terminology, and we can still re- will relate to this terminology throughout. Okay, we just came off the range. We're all warmed up, and here we go to the front nine. The front nine. So let me say this: when you start talking about sports psychology, and I was on tour for three years before I realized every single guy except for me has sports psychologist. Nobody talked about it. All right. So I get introduced to Bob Bertel, and I love him. Still a friend of mine. He's been on the show. Just a cool. Cool ass dude. The difference between what I did on the range and what I would do on the golf course were was always interesting, sometimes remarkable. I can remember, hell, even with you, I can remember one time on the on with you on the bag. We were down in Tucson, and I remember all of my fades were about a fifteen yard draw. I had a couple of shanks, and all of my um, my draws were. I don't know, like a five-yard slice. And I get on the golf course. So you're ready. And I'm ready. To, no, I, I get on the golf course and I stand there. And literally, you know how, how the first tee is there? It's a three-wood shot. There's a pot, lake, sizable lake to the right. And OB left. But it's not necessarily narrow. But when you start falling off balls like I was, and I can remember, it's, it, it keeps, it's hard to keep your attention and your focus on what you want to do. And I can remember Rotella telling me, don't ever let your warm-up bring you down. Don't ever let your warm-up bring. Just look at it as I'm loosening up my muscles. I'm just trying to get ready to play. And I remember piping a three-wood down the middle of the fairway, stuffing a nine-iron in there. I think we were playing with Raymond Floyd and Steve Pate. It was a Sunday round. And I think I had a nice tournament. But as a younger player, some of those practice sessions freaked me out when I was bad. Yeah, that's a hard thing to ask, to not bring your practice session to the first hole. But also... You don't want to bring a good one necessarily to the first hole and kind of lose track of what you're doing because there's a difference between, as you will point out all the time to me, hitting balls on the range, which I'm pretty savvy at, and then you get <laughs> to the golf course, you have to try, you know, just that little bit of tension of expectation, of aiming, of trying to trying to make something happen. How about it, only uh, one ball? Yeah. You got one shot. You know, yeah. you you jack something up on the range, you just pull another, yeah. another ball from the bucket. Yeah. Totally different thing. The pressure... 
and the visuals. The other thing is, and I try to tell people this, I have benefited so much from practicing on the golf course and not on the range, meaning go out and, and, and have a day where you're not necessarily so wrapped up in the score, but you're looking at hitting different shots. You know, for me, like I'd go, I would pick my spots. I love going out to the golf course later in the evening. The golf course is almost deserted. You can go on a par four and hit three or four drives. You know, you can't do that in the middle of a Saturday, right. you know, morning or afternoon. But you pick your spots and you can go out there and you get the visuals. You also can do that. It's a great way to work on your short game because it's so difficult. If there's it's so difficult to recapture the settings of your pitching and chipping on the course compared to your short game area. I think universal, universally. There's very few places, John, that have great short game areas that mimic what's demanded of you on the course. That's what we used to do later years when we were thinking a little bit straighter is just kind of go out there and then just bring, you know, two wedges and a putter and go yep. go walk nine holes and yep. just drop down a couple for you to hit, that kind of stuff. That's huge. Well, Jay... Why don't you relay that hardest first tee shot you've ever had? Nervous, tough, conditions, whatever it may have been. And then let's just talk a little bit, because I think anybody and everybody that's listening to this can relate to being uncomfortable on the first tee. If you're kind of a beginner and you're in some corporate outing or you're playing with your boss or you're playing with a friend, whatever the case is, and Meet's talked about this before, it's it's nerve-wracking when you don't play much golf and now you're going to try on the first tee. But Tell us what the first toughest first tee shot you've ever had in your life. Well, first of all, the f- toughest first tee shot I ever hit in my life was the first tee shot I had on the PGA Tour, the 10th tee at Cypress Point, which is the friendliest, easiest. There, they, they announced me, and the next thing you know, I was swinging. All, everything, all time just stood still and also raced completely out of control. And what happens when things start going haywire in golf is time, everything speeds up. Everything speeds up, and you're like, I got to hurry up and hit. I got to swing fast. You wind up white knuckling the How'd club. You hit it? Oh, terrible! <laughs> if it wasn't an elevated tee shot, pearl, I, I probably would have topped it. <laughs> Not exactly, but you know, we were playing. This was 1985. We were playing with, you know, uh, lousy equipment sure. and a lot of ball, and they hit it right off the bottom of that, you know, driver that had no sweet spot. So it was a driver that you hit. Hit a driver. Okay. Yep. But that was that was just because of the newness of it. When you start talking about difficult tee shots. The first hole at Riviera comes to mind. It's a oh, it's t- terribly awkward. So shot. high, you're you're way up. So so, folks, for me, elevated tee shots in general, hate them, hate them. Didn't, it's so hard to get that ball started, but on on your line. But Riviera, we can set this up for you. You're up on a bluff, probably 120 feet above the fairway. Yeah, uh, it's, it's high. Maybe it's high. not, maybe not it's that high. high. Not, maybe feet, not, not that far, it's but high. it's high. Yeah, and OB, OB left. left. So you you look left, and the ball's gone. Well, the the, the tee faces you down the right tree line, which yep. is X. Right. And so you kind of inch over there, try to hit a hook, and then you pull a hook, and it's out of bounds. Yep. Like you remember on the first tee, <laughs> remember those guys out? They'd be out there about two fifty, and they had had a great big target sign right yeah. on the OB. Yeah. It was like, oh yeah, it's already hard, dude. Oh, now, yeah. you're, now you're oh, messing yeah. with these guys. Yeah, right. So that was uh, is that was about as difficult um, as I can remember. You know, John, any of the. Um, Man, I can remember some of the the majors that I played in. I remember playing the PGA Championship at Inverness, you know, and just some of those the, the demanding. 
I was never that straight off the tee, you know? And so I always was like, so oh, your expectations, man. Your expectations weren't that high. I know. So I'm going to be in the rough. So just go ahead and whack it. Um, but I will say, um, what's Ian the Baker, worst? What's the wait a second? No, what's the worst shot you ever hit off of, off the first tee of a tournament? Oh my gosh! Oh, I can tell you. Um, I, I know this. So, I figured you would. That's why we're I asked in you. Stockton, California. He's, he's plugged in today. Stockton, Stockton, California, and I was tour event. No, I no. was a junior in high in college, and I was Su- having Sunnydale best Sunnyside. No, no, Sunnyside was in Fresno. Oh. Stockton, we were playing Stockton Country okay, Club. Okay, okay, gotcha. The first hole is drivable. Was drivable for me. It was like a little, like three thirty or something mm-hmm. like that. But I, you know, I cold cock it. Yeah, I'm thinking, and uh, John, I have um, no. That's the first tee shot in the in the event, and I'm thinking, I'm I'm going to smash this thing, and it's got worst case scenario. There's a couple bunkers on the right, Pearl. I hit seven inches behind it, and my ball literally went thirty yards. <laughs> It literally went 30 yards. I looked around, and there were people. I was an All-American. I had won. Sure you were. You know what? <laughs> I won the tournament. Yeah, exactly. Self-gratifying no, no, story. No, no, no. Expectations went away. All of a sudden, you went from, from nervous to or, or somewhere else to go play, baby. I can tell you this. I hit a three-wood into that green and made a par and felt like I made two birdies mm-hmm. After topping my shot. And Pearl, the biggest tournament I won in college, my first tee shot went out of bounds with a one iron. Remember how often I used to hit that yep. one iron? I duck hooked it. The, sa- the safety play, we yeah. whip it out safety of bounds. Play, <laughs> safety play, safety first, take your one iron out, hit it down the right, it goes 50 yards left. Uh, you get to do that again, sir. I'm going to try it again. You know what? That's going to wrap up the uh, front nine segment. Um, that was fun. Yep. You guys come back. We're going to the back nine, and we'll tell some stories about the back nine, and this is going to get good. So this is Golf with Jay Delsing. Are your workouts more fun than this? Well, if they are, then I want to sign you to an endorsement deal with Michelob Ultra. I'm looking for anyone and everyone who makes working out a blast. If that's you, hit TeamUltra.com for a chance to score awesome perks like Team Ultra gear and more. That's TeamUltra.com to enter. No purchase necessary. Open U.S. residents 21 plus. See official rules at TeamUltra.com. Message daily to headline. Always book prohibited. Enjoy responsibly. AD Michelob Ultra Light Gear, Louis, Missouri. Are you in the market for some new clubs? Maybe a bag and the latest style of sweet new shoes. Is this the year you decide to stop listening to your buddy's advice and get some real golf instruction? If any of these appeal to you, then go to Pro-Am Golf today. Pro-Am Golf has all the latest gear from all the major manufacturers. Call Steve today at 314-781-7775 and schedule a lesson with Tom DeGrand. Tom is the best. He's been in the game for over 50 years, so you take that knowledge along with their state-of-the-art equipment, and boom, your game will get a whole lot better. Visit them at ProMGolfUSA.com. USA Mortgage is doing it again. Joe Schieser and his staff have lowered rates again this month, and they will waive closing costs if you want to refinance to get cash out, lower your rate, shorten your term, or eliminate that costly, unnecessary mortgage insurance. If you are purchasing a property, they can issue a pre-approval letter within minutes. They are the largest mortgage company in the state of Missouri, and their volume allows them to quote the lowest rates. Don't waste your time with the national online brokers. USA Mortgage is employee-owned and operated right here in St. Louis. Joe Schieser has closed over $500 million in loans in nearly 30 years in the business and over $2 million alone to Delsing's. Okay, so you and your family are looking to join a country club. Well, I need to recommend to you Whitmore Country Club. 
They've got 90 holes of golf in the membership out there. You have access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, the Golf Club of Wentzville, and all the cart fees are already included in your membership. There's no food or beverage minimums and no assessments. My friend Bummer in the golf shop is a phenomenal guy. You've got to go out and check him out. He and the staff out there run golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments, couples events, available all year round. There's a kids club in the main clubhouse, and they have a huge fitness center. There's three tennis courts if you're not into golf, a gigantic pool for you and your family to use. Year-round social calendar is spectacular. There's holiday parties, picnics, date nights, always have live music, and much, much more. If you're looking for a family-friendly, safe place to hang out, you got to check out Whitmore Country Club. Call them at 636-926-9622. Everyone is looking for the extra edge, and Jay Delsing is digging deep to find it. It's the leading edge on golf with Jay Delsing. I have the pleasure of chatting with Dr. John Jaquish and Johnny Harper, uh, both of OsteoStrong. So, Johnny, tell us a little bit about um, OsteoStrong. Well, my, my wife and my wife, Laura, and I actually looked at this, heard about this. Over five years ago, uh, we, we took, the, took that leap of faith with Ostrom uh, about over five years now. I was 30 years in the corporate world and, and miserable, and my wife knew it. Uh, as a Marine and martial artist and performer and health enthusiast, we, we both love helping people and taking care of ourselves. And we really weren't willing to own a business and believe this was a godsend. Laura was a distributor for an international supplement company, and we were exposed to Ostrom at a wellness event. We were Laura Southern product to the owner of the only Oscar Strong in the state of Mississippi, delivered it to him, and ended up doing a session. Through 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 the, that the session, uh, she, you know, she found out not only does the Oscar Strong strengthen your skeletal system, but in the process it, it helps balance and strength and can help even stroke victims, which was crazy. Well, her dad had a stroke about six years before, and instantly began looking at for a location near St. Louis where he lived. But there was none. There were any. So at the same time, we both had that aha moment, and we began doing our research on Ostrom, the science, on Dr. Jaquish, the efficacy of what it offered. We became members ourselves, and a few months later, we were on our way to St. Louis, opening the first Ostrom in the state of Missouri in Creek Corps. We now have two locations, and a third one coming in the next three months, but St. Louis has eight locations today and six more coming. So all, you know, all the Ostroms here are, lo- are locally owned and operated by St. Louis- St. Louisians. But we have enjoyed the Ostrong piece of what it's done for us personally. Uh, Laura's dad uh, enjoys it here in town as well. But uh, I, my story is I hurt my knee in the, in the, in the firefight 30-something years ago in, in the Middle East, and my knee's hurt me for 30-something years. And I'm active, and, you know, I like to do martial arts, tough mutters, stuff like that, but my knee just hurt. Well, after three months of doing Ostrong, uh, because you ought to go into the science of it, my knee quit popping. It quit hurting. I'll be 60 next year, and my knee is better than it was 30 years ago because uh, of what Ostrom offers to our, our bodies. But uh, we we have over 2,000 people doing Ostrom in St. Louis now, and we just love it. We we love the lifestyle. We love that we're helping people uh, throughout the state and also throughout the, actually throughout the, 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 the country. But uh, that's how we got started in Ostrom. Well, and I've had the pleasure of, of trying the program. Dr. Jaquish, tell us a little bit about how you created this. The story's fantastic. 
Oh, thank you, Jay. Uh, yes, I created it to treat my mother's osteoporosis. And uh, in the process of looking at how we could trigger the human body to fix itself from a bone density perspective, we immediately discovered that as thickness of tendons and ligaments also grow through the, through the uh, treatment process. And that means joint pain goes away. So osteoarthritis is massively addressed with the osteostrom sessions. And so not only was my mother less likely to fracture, she totally reversed her osteoporosis in eight months. But she could do anything that she could do. She was in her 80s at the time. And uh, I'm sorry, late 70s at the time. She's in her 80s now. Uh, and she went back to hiking and gardening and playing tennis uh, in her late 70s. And so it was a change in quality of life. And we see that with osteostrong users all over the world. Uh, we actually were in a, a 130 locations worldwide in eight different countries now. And, and, Doctor, talk to us just briefly about the importance of bone density and what the program actually does and the benefits. So, from, from a golfer's perspective, when somebody swings a golf club, the more pain that they have, the less they are, their central nervous system will allow them to turn muscles on, which makes sense. Your body doesn't want to hurt itself. Uh, that process is called neural inhibition. The only scientific word I'm going to throw at anybody today. Uh, but the, uh, when this neural inhibition happens, your swing starts getting weaker and the range of motion gets more limited. And so for where, where people see the difference, now you don't feel your bone density. You feel it when you fracture a weak bone. Uh, so we want to avoid that. And that's one thing osteostrong address. That's the main thing osteostrong addresses. But also... When the tendons and ligaments improve their power and flexibility, they can they don't turn off that muscle. And you can use all the muscle you have, and you can swing the golf club like you always did, or even better. And we see people driving further, putting better, having more accuracy, having better balance. Well, and, and that's a phenomenal golf benefit, and we all know the benefits of having greater bone density just in our lives and having a, a more fit uh, healthy uh, life as we age. So, Johnny, tell us right. a little bit about how people can get in touch with you. And also, I know you're going to give them your personal cell, but also talk about the opportunities that are here um, if someone wants to be a, franch a franchise owner. My, my wife and I are developers for the state of Missouri. So, we again, we've sold 16 franchises in St. Louis, in St. Louis, actually, one in Columbia, and I'm talking to people throughout the state. So, if you have an interest in owning Open your running a wellness center that literally has no competition and is doing some really wonderful things to for people. Just give me a call. I'm happy to help. But uh, but yeah, so five zero five nine seven seven eight seven six eight. Okay, guys, that is Johnny Harper with OsteoStrong here locally, and Dr. John Jaquish, who invented this system that's not only going to uh, help your golf game, but it's going to improve your life. Remember, Johnny's number is five zero five nine seven seven. 8768 or reach out to them at www.osteostrong.me. Guys, thanks for joining me. We're halfway there. It's time for the back nine on golf with Jay Delsing.
The Back Nine is brought to you by Vogelbach Agency with Farmers Insurance. Welcome back. It's Golf with Jay Delsing. Uh, I'm Jay. John sitting next to me. Brad Barnes is in the studio taking care of us. And um, we're going to the back nine. I want to thank Kathy and Bob Donahue for supporting the show. If you need anything with your house done, refinishing, painting, give Kathy and Bob a, a shout. They are, besides being high-quality people, they do fantastic work. And um, they support the show. All right, we're off on the back nine. So we've got this kind of free flow, three free form Flo. show, yep. and it, we, we're kind of flowing here. So we talk a little bit about the front nine. One of the things when I was a a, a kid, John, I want to just touch on the front nine briefly. I felt like it was so important as I got older to plug into the rhythm of the round. And the front nine is where, you know where it's at. Where you know it was, it was so nice to hit a couple of good shots early and not do a super scrambly thing, but sometimes those super scrambly things and making pars and pulling some shots off early can set the tone as well. But I can tell you one time I was starting at the Players' Championship and uh, my the 13th hole on a Friday, the back, the back, I started on the back nine, I made a quadruple bogey on number 13. Still made the cut, fought back, but there's so there's a lot of things that get thrown at you but it's okay. It's okay if we're nervous early. It's okay if we're just scary nervous early. And and you watch some of the best players. They're super scary, uh, nervy, and that kind of stuff. Get something to just hopefully move it down the fairway further than that thirty yard fat shot that you hit down there. And, and we can all relate to a couple uh, of those. And you still had a great round. So it's nice to get off to a nice start, but it's not uh, mandatory. No, it's not. So now we go to the back nine and yep. we start talking about um, some of the finishes. That we've had. How about let's talk about to so you won uh, tournaments in college. What sort of um, memories do you have of the back nine there? So there's no question you're feeling it. Yep. You you have this internal clock that somehow can tell you you're near the lead or in the lead. Well, I can remember the, one of the better ones I ever won. I didn't win very many, but one of the better ones, and, and you came out there, and I guess we were allowed to talk and do certain things, and if not, we talked anyway, whatever we were doing. But I was in such a go mode, and I'm just, I was fair amount under par. I was winning by a couple or several shots, and I'm just going for it. I'm going to cut this corner, cut that. And you kind of look at me like, dude, you got this thing in the bag. Yep. Just keep it in play. Yep. But I was on such a go mode that uh, I remember I just swung away like a madman. I hit a little tiny bit to the right. I had this flyer neck shot and just really whipped that thing up. There. I should have hit a seven iron, pull out with three wood and try to kill it on the green. I loved it. I didn't want you to back off. I just wanted you to know where you were so yeah. you could you could make those decisions. Yeah, so it's nice to get on the roll, like you said, yep. and, and get a little bit of that uh, rhythm to the round and a little bit of the momentum. And, and one thing for that, too, is – so often we say, well, I had a good back, a good front nine. I hope I don't blow it on the back nine. Or I had a ba- bad one on the front. I can remember I got in that mode in college. I'd be one or two under after 10 or 11 holes. And then it, for the longest time, I could not bring it in on the tougher, on any of the golf courses, but certainly the tougher ones. And it was obviously mental. It was just, yeah, just it's too tough much that thinking. way. It's too much yeah, yeah, I got, I got away from playing. Much, exactly. Yep, yep exactly. you forget about the moment. And that's not the moment. Right. Um Man, I can remember a couple of finishes I had that were spectacular. I remember uh, playing with Curtis Strange up at the Bank of Boston tournament, and I finished with uh, six threes on the back nine. And the last hole was a par five. You know, Curtis was kind of a hard ass. And uh, Was he happy for you? No. What, no? Oh, really? But, really? but I did uh, wing this three iron from about 250 yards around a tree up there to about 
oh, eight inches, tap in eagle. And was he, he happy said, for you then? Good shot. Yeah. And that was the sixth three of the day. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it felt really good. Absolutely. It whip his butt a little bit. Um, so but, coming down the stretch, what's the – What's the most nervous you've ever been coming down the stretch? Probably um, when I, when something positive happened, I'll say when I won the tournament in Omaha, when I won the mm. Omaha Classic, I had just I had um, been playing great, and I went kind of stalled a little bit on the back nine. I think I only made two bogeys for the week, and they were both on that back nine. I still hit good shots, but the bogeys kind of came, and I was either tied or one up. Going to 17, which is the par five, I knock it right in front of the green. Had a nice little pitch to three feet and missed a three footer, and I had missed a three footer all week, and get to 18 and just went right back into what I was doing. Same field, bombed a tee shot down the middle of the fairway, and and hit a wedge. I'll never forget. I had 142 yards, which is not a wedge, and I hit a wedge to about eight or nine feet. And remember my caddy Hawk handing me my putter, and I was like so nervous. My hands were shaking. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting, John. I, so I had 140 some odd yards to walk up to the green. When I stepped foot on the green, all the nervousness left. Mm-hmm. Because I had this sense like I was playing with Chip Beck and playing with, I think, one other, maybe it's just Chip Beck and I, maybe two, sometimes I can't remember. But I re, all of a sudden it dawned on me, I get the last shot of this tournament. And if mm-hmm. I make, I look mm-hmm. at the leaderboard, if I make the putt, I win. Mm-hmm. And I've wanted that my whole life. Mm-hmm. I've worked my butt off for that mm-hmm. moment. And um, I still don't know how the putt went in, though. Because by the time I was doing my routine and everything, I didn't feel much. I went through it all. I ripped this putt, and somehow it dove in the left side. And I was like, thank God that's <laughs> over. you know. But um, um, I've also had those moments, though, John, where I, it, it has gotten away from me. And, oh, what a helpless feeling. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about feeling like you're on an island, you know, where – um, I can remember events where it's it's not that I didn't play well. It's just I didn't have my mental game. I wasn't making the commitments that I that I should have, or I was. That's not even that. I was just off. You can get lost out there, and that's one of the signs, though, of great players, in my opinion, is when they've lost their game and they've kind of lost their way. They've lost the field to still play. Still, one of my favorite quotes of all time was Norman saying something like that. He said. Listen, when I'm on, I'm going to shoot, you know, mid-60s. I'm going to be competitive. He said the key is, and he said it's actually fun is what he claimed at the time, that when I don't have my game, I don't have the feel, how, how do I still go out there and figure out a way around 67, 68, whatever the case might be? And and that's a huge piece. And unfortunately for me, I had that many times, but I think we have that. I don't think people don't realize how often the pros are actually in that position where they don't have the best stuff, but they get it around. And, and I consider it a compliment. I Actually, one of the guys we played college golf with from SC, John Flannery, we get done one time. We are playing in Bacon Park, South Carolina, I think it was. And, I mean, I could not— ba- Bacon? I think it was called Bacon Park. I okay. could not find uh, the, the club face all day long. I shoot 64. And this is how this goes at the end of the, at the, end of the round. He walks up to me. His wife was following and said, good Nora, round. She's a nice lady. Yeah, she's too, wonderful. Yeah. Good round, John. And he turns to his wife in front of me and says, honey, what do you think John shot today? Because he had shot 66. He, he hit a good all day long. 
Well, I don't know. I mean, John seemed to be making some putts. Maybe he shot like 72. No, honey, he shot 64. He beat me by two, and he didn't hit a good shot. He was, you know, flattery, but he was yep. beside himself. Oh, yeah, he was yeah, kind of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. good job, but by the same token, like, I'm slapping you too. How though. do you beat me, and you don't hit a good shot? Yeah, right. Yeah. So yep. that's, but that's the piece of it. And that was certainly part of the game because for four days, you're not going to hit good shots. And the key is, a lot of times we're not going to hit, hit good shots, but how do we keep our head in the game and still play the game? So the biggest, so my biggest takeaway for the folks that are listening and trying to figure that out is you got to have a good short game. Mm-hmm. You have got to be able to – I will say this. You can't hit it good enough to shoot a good score if you're putting poorly. Well, exactly. But I, I was going to go the route – I agree with you, you need a good short game. I was going to go the route – the right perspective and try to just accept that this isn't going to happen right. all the time. And you even heard the quotes Hogan years ago, how he, well, I only actually hit three shots all day the way I exactly wanted to. So that's all relative because he was spectacular. But the key is, is to not get all whacked out when you miss some shots and say, okay. And I can remember uh, a couple of the college guys we used to play with, you know, some days all I have is a, is a slice fade. Well, then play it. Then Maybe figure left. out how you're going to play that dang thing. And yep. I don't want to do that forever. But that's where it is. But if all you can do is slice it, you th- you're going to get out there and try to hit a couple draws, it's going to be a bad day. Well, the other thing is the determination and your attitude to so get out everything. there and go, look, I'm going to look at this as a challenge, and I'm going to see if I can try to figure this out. Because yep. I don't know how. I'm go- I, I, it's not working out the way I see it, but I don't, I've got to figure it out. Well, in the, in the Nance interview of uh, the, when he was talking about Tiger. Yeah. He said that last day at uh, at uh, Bell Reef, Reef in 2018. He, he had three greens and shoots three or four under the front Wait, side. Wait, he had no fairways well, not, not on greens, the front Fairways, I was going to say. Yeah. Missed all of his fairways and shoots three or four under. Yeah. They, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen, that period. That does not happen. Yeah. That is a man who doesn't give up on anything. Yeah, ever. And yeah. when he, 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 his ability to stay in there on stuff like that is. And that's the key. And the beauty of it, if you can do that. And then you do start hitting a couple good shots. Now you're in a really good place because oh, you're yeah. like, okay, I actually got something, and my head's in the right place. This is going to be good. There's nowhere that I'm going to hit this thing that I'm not going to be able to handle. Exactly. You get and that you feel sense. that sometimes. Yep. Yep. And that loosens everything up. Yep. Well, that's going to do it for the back nine. Man, this has been fun. Uh, this is Golf with Jay Delson. Come back for the uh, ultra 19th hole, and we're going to talk about a few stories from the 19th hole. Whoa. It's Golf with Jay Delson. Extraordinary effort deserves recognition. The management team at Marcone would like to say thank you to our over 500 employees and their families. Your dedication and commitment to our success has been so steadfast that we are experiencing another incredible year. At a time when many businesses are struggling, your performance has exceeded expectations. Every idea shared and every opportunity seized by you has led us to new heights. So, thank you. Marcone is based in St. Louis, Missouri and is the largest distributor of General Electric Compliance Parts in North America. I want to thank Southeast General Manager Terry Jones and Dan Marino with Miami-based Flamingo Appliance Services for ensuring great service for Whirlpool products throughout Southern Florida. Thank you, everyone. You've seen it and played it in bars over the past 30 years, and now you can bring golden tea to your home. Complete your basement or man cave with the popular arcade game, the ultimate virtual golfing experience. Over 80 courses, unique game modes, and you can even challenge a buddy in online tournaments. However you play, you will be the talk of your neighborhood. Visit home.goldentea.com to learn more. When things come out of left field, having a game plan makes all the difference. 
Luckily, Farmers Insurance has been helping people cover their bases for more than 90 years, and they can help you too. Talk to Farmers Agent Ed Fogelbach today to see if you have the coverage you want for whatever curveballs may come your way. Call 314-398-0101. That's Ed Fogelbach at 314-398-0101. We are Farmers. USA Mortgage is doing it again. Joe Schieser and his staff have lowered rates again this month, and they will waive closing costs if you want to refinance to get cash out, lower your rate, shorten your term, or eliminate that costly, unnecessary mortgage insurance. If you are purchasing a property, they can issue a pre-approval letter within minutes. They are the largest mortgage company in the state of Missouri, and their volume allows them to quote the lowest rates. Don't waste your time with the national online brokers. USA Mortgage is employee-owned and operated right here in St. Louis. Joe Schieser has closed over $500 million in loans in nearly 30 years in the business and over $2 million alone to Delsing's. For the last 48 years, Pro-Am Golf has been providing outstanding customer service to the greater St. Louis area for all of our golf needs. From top-of-the-line equipment to full-service club repair lessons and instructions. They now have their own retail outlet as well as state-of-the-art computers, cameras, and things to customize all of your personal club fitting needs. Pro-Am Golf carries all the major brands. They also have the latest fashion trends from Puma Golf. Whatever your needs, Pro-Am Golf will meet them and have the best customer service in the industry. Call us at 314-781-7775 or find us at proamgolfusa.com. Grab your friends, a cold one, and pull up a chair. We're on to the 19th hole on golf with Jay Delsing. The 19th hole is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Welcome back. It's Golf with Jay Delsing. Pearlie's with me, and we are going to the Ultra 19th hole. Um, man, so we've got this kind of free-flowing f- show today. It's been really fun uh, to talk about. We, we Just to recap, we did the On the Range segment and, and talked a little bit about um, – practice tee and and terminology terminology then we went to the front nine and and talked about rhythm of the round and first tee jitters tough tee shots asking baker finch at the first tee shot at the 95 british open worst the mind is a a powerful thing worst tee shot a pro's ever hit it's got to be plus he was not just a pro no he was fifth in the world he was spectacular yeah he was great yeah british open champ and then the back nine was fun too we talked about how to bring it home how we how we've we have or have not brought it home at certain uh, events, and now we're going to the 19th hole. One of the things we've talked about this on other shows before. One of the things that we started as a tradition when you used to oh, caddy yeah. for me up at Milwaukee yeah. is what was that place called, like the Fox Den yeah. or something like yeah. that, some squirrely name. But after every round, we go up there and have a um, was it a PBR? Yep, PBR. You bet. You sorry, remember. I'm sorry you to mention PBR on, on uh, Ultra Nineteenth uh, Hole. But well, they weren't a sponsor then, and we can, <laughs> and we couldn't get. I don't think we could get an Ultra in that in that joint. Might not no have. Way. No way. Anyway, that, that may have been pre-Ultra. When did the Ultra yeah. come out? That's true. That's pre-Ultra. You're off Yikes. the hook. That was pre-Ultra. They Yikes. didn't have them the bio. Yikes. Anyway, anyway, so um, th- those were those were some fun yeah. s- some fun times because that decompression yes. was huge for me because sometimes I'd walk off the course. I'd not only be pissed at me, I'd be pissed at you. I'd be pissed at everybody. You were good. You were you good know, at that once in a while. Try to try to you know try to get it back together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's. Uh, I think the decompression is huge. I think that was also some of the best times. I mean, we reflect back on it now, and then 
give you some time to decompress and then talk about, you know, what what went wrong or what went right. You know, what was key there? Because it's easy emotionally to say, oh, I missed that tee shot or I missed that five iron. And almost all the time when we get our heads straight, we kind of come back and say, listen, one or two putts, a little better chip, a little better decision, three shots missed before we swung, meaning right. not committed. Right. And, you know, kind of boil that down. And and then it would kind of get you back into, you know, what do I need to do tomorrow type of a thing. So, Pearl, the thing that, as I recall, because that was, that was a great way to just kind of review and to, to kind of set things straight. The thing that I remember being able to do so well towards the last maybe 10, 12 years of my career is to eliminate the mental errors. The, the the extensive mm-hmm. time spending with Rattel and everything, and we touched on that earlier in the show about the um, how important the, the mental side and your attitude is. But one of the things, folks, is make those commitments. Be committed to what you're doing. You're much better off having the wrong club in your hand with a committed uh, approach. Absolutely. Than it's, having it, the right club and uncommitted. You're, you're, indecision, you're not committed. That's the, that's the death nail. Okay. Back to our theme here. So what's the what's the coolest nineteenth hole you've ever been in? Oh man, Whisper Rock is right up there. Is it? Whisper Rock's right up there. Uh the the um uh Castle Pines and uh, outside of Denver at Castle Rock where Jack Nicholas just built this beautiful golf course that's impossible to walk up in the mountains up in Denver. Uh been so privileged to have been in a lot of really cool. What about 19th Pebbles eighteenth? Oh, uh, oh man. Sitting out there on the on the what is it? It's almost like a deck, but it's not really a deck. It's like a big porch that overlooks the eighteenth tee. I mean the eighteenth green and uh That's tough. That's tough for me to beat to yeah, beat that one. Yeah, we've had some great things. Desert, Desert Mar- Mountain was one of my favorites. I told my wife, I mm-hmm. said we can't be members here because we would never see each other again. Right. I would just want to go get lost up there. That yep. place was absolutely spectacular. I agree, and I've done a lot of entertaining at Desert Mountain. That those those views and vistas on the backside of that clubhouse where you're sitting having a cocktail talking about your round is one of my favorites. But that Whisper Rock does it right. I haven't been up there, but I've just heard spectacular things about it. Is that because you're going to have the milkshake when you get done? Is that why? Is that, uh, aren't they kind of famous for their milkshakes? They, they have milkshakes and stuff like that. I've never had a milkshake okay. on a 19th hole, ever. I'm always going for a little little uh, dicier, stronger okay. stuff. Okay. But here's the story. I got out there playing with uh, Mark Wiebe and a couple of other guys, and we're sitting in the 19th hole having one. And Mark Grace, who was uh, first baseman for the, oh, okay. uh, sure, the, sure. the Diamondbacks. And, uh, that Mark Grace, yeah. And a hell of a character. Yeah. Comes in and he screams, hey, I don't want anybody to leave here until I buy everybody a beer. Yeah, and it was great. He came over and sat sat um, uh, with us and talked a little bit about the round. And um, He was a character yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Jay, tell us about what's the strangest or wildest conversation or scenario after after a round of golf. We're saying 19th hole. It, seriously, yeah. it's not always in the bar. Sometimes it's almost yeah. on the driving range, you right. know, kind of figuring things out. Sometimes it's in there having a sandwich or a burger afterward, kind of right. decompressing. I think the yep. key is how do you kind of decompress and kind of deal with what you just spent four hours doing? Okay, well, there's always been disagreements with players where they're pissed at each other, and it's never really come to blows, but there's been stories. We're playing down in Greensboro, and we are in terrible weather. I mean, this is back in the late 80s, and they don't have the weather warning Mm, systems and things like that. So we're out there, and we shouldn't be, okay? And then they finally blow it. They finally blow the the horn. And I think I had, I don't know, one or two holes. So my 
one or two holes left to play. My round was virtually over. And I walk in and I hear Fuzzy Zeller absolutely ripping into somebody. And I turn the corner and he's talking to Slugger White. Slugger's a dear friend. And and Slugger and Fuzzy are friends. Mm. Okay. But this is what happens to competitive people at the heat of the moment. And Slugger is, uh, he's taking it. And for a while. Right. (laughs) Fuzzy is a lighthearted guy, and I'd never seen him that animated before. And he says, and Slugger says, all right, Fuzz, I've heard what you had to say. Now anything from this point on is going to cost you. Fuzzy reaches into his back pocket and pulls out this big, thick wallet and slaps it down. He goes, well, then sit down because I'm not finished. And Slugger started laughing, and and Fuzzy was m- mildly, but it was that's the you can't call me that. Or no, no, how much is it going to cost me if I call you a bleep bleep yep, bleep? Yep, yep, that's yep. going to be a thousand dollars. I won't call call you that. What happens if I call you a bleep bleep bloop? That's going to cost you five hundred. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it, it, that that story goes like Simon Hobday. That was it. Simon yeah. Hobday gets, and he was a, a an Af- South African golfer playing on the Champions Tour, and he wanted a ruling. He had his ball in a bad spot. He wanted a ruling, and he got a ruling, and it didn't go his way. That's not the ruling no, you wanted. you're always allowed to get into second opinion. Most people don't know that. So you can go, well, hell, I don't think you knew what you're talking right. about. I want another opinion. So a second, he gets a second opinion. The second rules official steps in there, and he goes, you know, Simon, you're not entitled to relief in this, this occasion. You're not. And he goes, so-and-so, you know, Fred, if I call you uh-uh-uh-uh, is that a findable offense? And he says, he smiles. He said, you know, Simon, that's a findable offense. It's under conduct on becoming a professional golfer. That's in, in our rules. And he says, well, Fred, what if I just think you're a no good so-and-so? And he says, it's a free country. And he starts laughing. You can think whatever you want. And he starts walking away. And he says, hey, Fred. And Fred turns around and he goes, I think you're a... Da, 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 da. Oh, and, and, I mean, oh, the whole place just lost it. Lost it because it was it was out on the golf course. But, um, yeah, that was, that was one of those things where there's big egos, mm-hmm. big personalities. And you know what it's like, bro? We've had our heated moments where it's just the, 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 the moment. Yeah. It's really about the moment. Yeah. It's tough making that transition, and uh, I think hopefully as you're out there for a while, you can make it better and better. I think most of the guys do, but once in a while, I can get away from you. You know what it is, John? It's almost just realizing you need that buffer time. Yeah. You know, because you're so raw. What's either, even on a good side, you know, something happens to you, and you kind of sit at your locker going... Well, Did I, I, I can, just do that? I can remember when I first got married and married into uh, to three kids. And early on, we just kind of decided when I get home, uh, I need a half an hour to an hour of just, I got to transition from grinding it out at work to, uh, you know, uh, interacting with the family. And it worked out good. So I don't think it's 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 exclusive. Me grinding to it out at work at the Bahamas? I don't think it's uh, it exclusive to very, golf. Very I'm trying to finish life. my point here. Anyway, that's my point. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, that's a fun show. Um, uh, there's so much that happens in between the lines. And, I mean, I think that's kind of what we're trying to do, especially with the show. We're trying to give people glimpses into what it's like in, betw- in, in between the ropes, what it's like in the locker room, and sometimes getting into the scary mind of a, uh, of a professional tour player. Well, and then after, after that, after the uh, 19th hole, just going back to the box, you know, trying to get some rest, maybe working out, uh, making sure you're eating right, doing those kinds of things. 
uh, yeah, it's it's all those pieces and, yep. and, and accepting all those pieces, and they're not always going to go the way you want. Do they really? ever go the way they want? I know. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Do they, does it ever go the way you want? That's going to wrap up another show. Love it. Burley, thanks for being here. Meet, thanks for doing your thing. And uh, everybody, thanks for listening. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hit them straight, St. Louis. That was Golf with Jay Delsing, brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Tune in next Sunday for more from Jay, John, and the other pros and experts from the golf world. In the meantime, you can find all of Jay's shows at 101ESPN.com as well as at jdelsinggolf.com.